Hello, friends. Um, let's talk about JavaScript memory leaks. So that's kind of what I've been doing this week as a little side thing um, is improving memory leaks in Alpine. So or plugging them as many as I can. And yeah, I think it's pretty leak free right now. I don't know of any leaks. So if you do know of any leaks, uh, please let me know because I'm kind of in that headspace right now. Uh, but let me just talk to you about memory leaks because it's kind of an interesting thing that I've never really thought about before I became like a framework developer. Um, and I think A, it's just kind of fascinating. And B, I bet like now having done this and now that I'm aware of it as I write browser JavaScript code, I, you know, I imagine if I was just writing, you know, user land JavaScript, I would be aware of these things at least. Um, so let me give you a little bit of history. I rewrote Alpine from version two to version three, the big rewrite, the big hoopla. And I thought that the way I had rewrote it was like so elegant and going to be insanely fast. Um, because I rewrote it in such a way, you know, using reactive, reactive effects, which there's lots of podcasts I've, you know, recorded on, on that paradigm shift and whatnot. But basically here's the deal. If you have a zillion Alpine things on a page and you change a piece of data, only the HTML that depends on that piece of data changes where in another framework, like view or react or whatever, it doesn't, they don't re-render the entire page, but they definitely like go through the whole, you know, comp- they go through the whole like nested component tree and they, there's a lot of memoization, you know, with components, meaning like, you know, they're not going to re-render a component that's not going to change, but if stuff did change, they have to re-render the whole component and that whole might be a huge component. And the actual thing you're changing is like the text in one small element. So anyway, I thought like, oh my gosh, Alpine is like so much better and faster than these big frameworks, which is so foolish in hindsight to think that. So before I, you know, launched it, I, I started doing benchmarks and Alpine was getting crushed by Vue. And I was like, what's up with that? That's crazy. And I couldn't really figure it out. And there were a few reasons. And I'll say, A, um, whatever. Basically, they're all memory related. And I mean, my takeaway is like Alpine is actually not faster than Vue. It, you could make it faster than Vue in specific instances, But if you use it to render like a million elements on a page, um, it's going to be slower than Vue because it's going to have a million reactive effects for those million elements. Where in Vue, I guess if you made separate Vue components for each of those elements, it would be just as fast as Vue or slow as Vue. But generally in Vue, you might, you know, have a big component that has all of those in it. And in that case, you might only have one or two reactive effects for those thousand components or thousand elements where in Alpine, you'd have a thousand reactive effects. And each reactive effect is straight up a callback, you know, a JavaScript callback that's put inside of a JavaScript map data structure um, that stores a reference, you know, to, to the reactive data and the callback that's supposed to react to its changing. Did you follow any of that? (laughs) Did I follow any of that? So whatever, that's just kind of the way it's a technical thing that that is okay because generally you're not driving out a thousand, you know, table rows in Alpine you're driving out uh, and a thousand's not so bad. Like you really start to notice it. Um, I guess it depends on what's in your template of those tables, but you know, rendering a thousand, 2000, 3000, rendering more than 5,000 rows in Alpine is going to feel slower than if, than it would in view, no doubt. So, um, 
that is to say that like I, yeah, like I was saying, generally, you know, Alpine is meant to be like a sprinkles framework. It's not meant to manage your entire, you know, front end. Um, so this works pretty well because you're going to be generating those thousand or 10,000 rows in PHP or Laravel or rails or live view or whatever on the back end. And then Alpine is going to decorate those rows with functionality and everything's going to be fine. So, um, but I think that's just an interesting thing to note. And it is something that, yeah, I was like foolish to think that, you know, because it made sense on the surface, um, that like, oh, if you just change this one thing, then it only this specific effect will change. And that is true. If you had a thousand rows that all depended on different pieces of data, like a thousand different pieces of data, and you changed one of those thousand, then only one of those rows would change. And it would be more efficient than view because view would have to re-render those thousand rows. So anyway, here's the deal. Um, memory leaks. So Every time you create a reactive effect in Alpine, and I know I'm using that word and not giving you the background on it, so if you're not familiar with it, the 10 second spiel is like, anytime you say, if you did like X text in Alpine or something, if you had like a variable called counter or count or whatever, and you had X text count so that a span was filled with the text of you know a number, and then you changed that number, so that data, that count, that's the reactive data, and the effect is that, uh, you know, the code that sets the inner text of that span. And so it's like a wiring up between a, a piece of data and then some kind of effect. And what I mean, again, like effect is just a JavaScript function. Like yeah, Alpine has them all internally. Alpine, you know, creates the effect to um, change, you know, the inner text of a span tag. So whatever. And, and in view, this is, uh, is it called reactive effect or computed or effect? I don't know, whatever. But yeah, you get the gist. So, um, basically here's the deal. Every time you create one of those, like I said, you're adding a item to a map in JavaScript and that just kind of lives there forever. But let's say, so let's say that you have some piece of data and then you have a bunch of DOM that depends on it. So like a big, you know, huge template in Alpine. And then for whatever reason, while the page, without reloading the page, you destroy that whole template and then you recreate a different template. So maybe you did this, maybe Livewire was, you know, swapping like an entire page worth of DOM, you know? All of those effects, those callbacks, would all be stored still in the map. They never got released in JavaScript. So basically it creates a situation where if you were to do something like TurboLinks, something where, you know, you're creating an SPA-like experience with Alpine, and you're just, you're never reloading the page. You're just pretending to, you're just going, you know, you're swapping out all the HTML on the page. These reactive effects would grow um, and they would never get released. The garbage collector would never collect them. Uh, briefing on garbage collection, if you're not familiar, it's how JavaScript frees up memory. Everything you create in JavaScript has actual like RAM memory, you know, that it, it takes up. Um, I'm not a computer scientist, so I, this is all just coming from like a pragmatist's perspective. Um, yeah, so everything in JavaScript actually takes up memory. And when you're done using something, JavaScript will clean it up automatically. It will release it from memory and basically just destroy it forever. This is as opposed to you having to release every variable you create. We never even think about that stuff because we're not using low-level languages. We just create variables and forget about them. And the cool thing about you know garbage collection, how it works is like it works 
uh, there's like a few, I don't know. Again, this is like a non-computer scientist explaining something computer science-y. But if nothing has a reference to a thing, if a variable is not referenced by any other, you know, closure or anything, then it can be released. That's how JavaScript determines if it's released. So this is where the problems come into play. Let's say you have a big DOM chunk. DOM elements are heavy memory-wise. They're really... They take a lot of memory, actually. If you go in your memory profiler in the DevTools and you look at a big page with a lot of DOM elements, it's a lot of megabytes of, you know, memory. So if if you have a reference to that DOM element in some tiny little callback somewhere in a map buried in Vue's reactivity library, and you never release it, uh, meaning you never take it out of that map, then the JavaScript garbage collector will never collect it because there's a reference to it somewhere. So it's, oh, it's like the hardest thing in the world to debug these memory issues. It's so tough. There are decent dev tools to like profile, you know, the memory in the system and try, and you can sometimes kind of pinpoint it, but it's not as simple as you'd think. It's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of like take a memory snapshot, you know, of the heap, uh, more fancy words, which you can do in your dev tools in the memory tab. You can take a heap snapshot, snapshot, which is kind of fun to do sometimes just to see. You take a memory snapshot um and look oh so the detached nodes so when a dom node is on the page it's an attached node but you could like physically remove it from the page like take the node and call dot remove on it and it'll be gone from the page but it could still live in memory because you know you could put it back on the page a callback could have access to it in its scope stuff like that right and but it still takes up memory as a detached node so that's the problem is like all these detached nodes weren't getting released in uh, JavaScript memory because Alpine was holding references to them that it didn't need anymore. So basically, okay, fast forward. The solution, one of the solutions, I've already dealt with a lot of this stuff. When Alpine creates a reactive effect, it also creates a cleanup function that will remove that effect. And that cleanup function gets hooked into the to the mutation observer of the browser. So when you... <clears throat> So when, you know, the mutation observer is listening for elements to change or be removed on the page, and when one is is removed, it will call all those functions that are attached to it. That's all Alpine internal plumbing, um, which is really cool. And I wish there was a nice way to expose all this stuff because this is just like super useful JavaScript plumbing to have in an app, like just a simple like, hey, you know, call this when this element's removed from the page. It's all very, you know, kind of bare metal-y. I use all the, you know, browser APIs to do it. I'm not managing like a whole, you know, virtual DOM setup where I do all this stuff in the virtual land. I'm using the real DOM and the real mutation observer and all that stuff. So anyway, where was I going? The fix um, for, there's been a few different fixes. And so, like I said, a lot of this stuff's already been taken care of. Um, you know, like I said, I first started benchmarking and was like, fell flat on my face. And then I realized I have all these memory leaks so started, you know, working on that and making that robust and, you know, making a robust mutation observer setup. And but there's still like little straggler ones. Like if you use dollar sign watch for some reason, the element that you used it on won't get garbage collected if it's removed from the page. So if you have like a thousand watchers on your page, which, I, by the way, I don't recommend. But if you do, especially I don't recommend it if you're watching like a huge array, like a thousand item array and you have a thousand watchers. Just like no matter what, it's just going to take a ton of memory to do that. But right now in Alpine, before today, if you removed those thousand elements from the page, the memory would not get released and it would compound. 
um, and your just sight would slow to a crawl. You know you have a memory leak when things get progressively slower. Um, so anyway, we found the leak and plugged it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just was like digging and banging my head against a wall and removing things and waiting until the profiler showed that things were released and um, and then, you know, adding things back and trying to pinpoint it, whatever. It's like the most primitive form of debugging, super slow feedback loop, not, f- not, not fun, but super fun, you know? Um, so anyway, and what was the culprit? The culprit was, it was more reactive effects that weren't getting cleaned up by the mutation observer. So yeah. Wow. I wish I could talk more about this because I think it's really fun. This is like the deep JavaScript stuff. This is my whole, whatever. Let's, um, I'm going to record another episode after this about why I'm washed up now. Okay. Talk to you in a second.